0: feel like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive, empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of Design Your Dream Life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest is a pioneering spiritual psychologist whose evolutionary stand, speak, shine method transforms women into authentically embodied and empowered feminine leaders. We all need that, right? In the midst of life being kind of chaotic and all these different roles pulling at us, An authentic, embodied, and empowered feminine leader sounds like a great place to be. She (laughs) is a mother of six, author, international speaker, and host of the Women Seeking Wholeness podcast. She is passionately driven to guide women influencers to heal, express, and create using the new feminine leadership paradigm. She has earned her degrees in psychology and sociology and held group therapy positions in a psychiatric facility, a teen behavioral facility, and an addiction recovery center. Uh, My goodness, I'm super excited to welcome Sheree Burton to the Dreamcast.
1: Thanks, Denise.
0: I'm glad to be here. You have worn a lot of hats, um, (laughs) mom and business owner. And I know you've pivoted throughout the years. So before we go into what you're doing now, I would love to hear a little bit about how you got here.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, I'm 50, almost 52. So I lived a lot of years on the planet, I feel like. And uh, you know, to hit the highlights, (laughs) um, one of my biggest pain points was being born into a family line with severe mental illness. So on my dad's side, his sister committed suicide when she was 32 and left behind her three-year-old son in her suicide letter for my parents to raise. So my parents had six children and raised, we raised him as the seventh child in the family. And then on my mother's side, she's had a lot of cousins commit suicide. My mother herself has struggled with depression. Bless her heart, she was a saint of a mother, still is. But it's just been something that she's grappled with. So when two people get married and start to produce offspring with that kind of of a genetic predisposition, so of the seven children, and I include my cousin in this that my parents adopted, of the seven children my parents had, all of them have been diagnosed with bipolar at one stage except for myself and one other sibling. So where it really hit closest to home, uh, I was in my mid thirties, my sister really close in age to me. That's two years younger. I have a sister a year older and sister two years younger. They're both bipolar. And I had already gotten my psych degree. I was already on the path to try to, I think on the subconscious level, like fix my family lines. I don't know. Like I just have that warrior in me of just, I've got to crack this code. And again, it wasn't even completely conscious that that's what I was doing. I just, I just intuitively knew that I wanted to understand human behavior. That where it hit closest to home um, is when my sister at age 34, so I would have been 36, she uh, took her life. Um, she had five children. And so at the time of her death, her kids ranged in age from two to 12. And I was actually Mrs. Utah at that time. I, was, I ha- held that title. And so, um, the Utah attorney general's office asked me to sit on the state suicide prevention council and represent state suicide survivors because of my background and psych and because of my public role as Mrs. Utah. So it was so devastating to our family to lose my sister. It's been 15 years and we're still healing. And it was literal shock and trauma to lose her and her children are, they have struggled and they are, you know, learning their own life lessons and, and not being you know without their mother but for me as a mother I just knew that I did not want this familial pattern to persist and you know the children that I have I had three children at the time my sister I have five now actually I have six kids okay I forget I have a married daughter two grandchildren two little baby boys and three college kids and two elementary kids so I'm looking at all of my children going no Like it stops here. I got to find answers. So I walked away from clinical work and I dove into integrative medicine. And you could say spirituality was a huge part of it. I've always been a woman of faith. It's always been important to me to listen to God and my spiritual guidance. And I'm kind of a Jesus girl. And I, I just wanted to make sure that I was not missing. I knew I was missing something. My sister was on 12 medications at the time of her death. So my story has been born of loss and grief, losing loved ones and trying to, I mean, visiting some of my siblings in psychiatric centers. And so I believe within the last 15 to 20 years with my obsessive focus on helping people get well, it's your spirituality, your mentality, and your emotionality. Those three things need to be constantly nourished and nurtured and and having that mind, body, spirit awareness is absolutely crucial. And that's what was lacking in a lot of the places I worked in the clinical setting. It's still lacking in our healthcare system. So my big dream is to bring people back into their bodies, their senses, and not lose any more of those we love to this horrible disease of depression. Mm,
0: Wow. I mean... First, I just want to say I honor your loss and the grief that you and your family have experienced. It's a life-changing event to lose someone in that way. And then the trauma impacts on a cellular level, like it's not something you just kind of quote, get over. And I love that mess. And you really have dove into using that negative experience and using it for good, um, because that's truly how you can shift and impact other people. And what I think is interesting is you said your sister was on 15 medications diagnosed with bipolar in, I'm guessing, some sort of treatment. I mean, she wasn't necessarily, if you're on oh, medication, yeah. you're being followed by a doctor or a psychiatrist mm-hmm. or psychologist, and the system wasn't working for her.
1: No, and some of it was, well, there was just a lot of self-loathing. And I don't know that there's a medication that can fix that. I know there's not. Oftentimes, these medications can create a zombie-like effect for high creatives, which she was, but we need them. I think that if my belief now is that if somebody is going to use psychotropics or SSRIs or any of these medications, that they need to also use cleansing and chemical support of the earth, natural tools to offset the side effects. My sister was not herself when she passed away. And she actually overdosed in a hotel room and she used a drug that she, um, she overdosed on a drug that she used to manage her bipolar symptoms, which isn't an addictive subdu- uh, substance, but in her suicidal like
0: pharmaceutical.
1: Yeah. She left a letter and she basically just said, you know, I can be a better guardian angel to my children than I can be an earthly mother. So she had that, you know, she had pretty much come down to like, she was a burden and all these things. So... In a way, you know, I I've been through every emotion with this, but basically, it it propelled me into into stopping this self loathing cycle in women and teaching them sensory self nourishment because that's what the focus of my research has been on, and um, climbing into finding spirituality in your own way, in what feeds you and fills you up and doesn't induce shame. Uh, that's been a huge part of my own awakening. Is um, some of the wounding that we can experience through religion and academia and government and just that general like you're not enough. You you're at the core. You're broken. And those paradigms just they just need to go away. <laughs> Ooh,
0: amen. Don't serve us. And I have to say, working in a community mental health setting for about five years, um, I can attest to the fact that the system is often broken. Not mm. saying that it's not helpful because I do believe I personally helped most of my sure. clients, sure. but, um, but seeing how things run, um, at least in that clinic, we're doing the best we can, but oftentimes, uh, the system itself isn't spectacular. And I right. would often say to my clients, like you will be less depressed if you have a job and community and go for a walk and all of these things that, uh, we certainly talked about, but, um, wasn't the first thing prescribed. So tell me a bit about this sensory self. What was the word? Tell me what Sensory that
1: self-nourishment. Nourishment, okay. Yeah, so our senses, you know, the five basic senses, sight, sight, taste, touch, sound, smell, they are our portals to feel alive. It's how we experience our bodies and life and our relationships, particularly our relationship to self. So we're only ever looking at everything else outside of us as a reflection of how we actually feel about ourselves. So you know, I've been married 25 years and you know, my husband and I have been through a lot of, of you know, reflecting back to each other, like our own insecurities and our own painful backgrounds and different things. And it's come down to just, you know, I own me. I am a sovereign being. If I if I connect to my divine spirit, which is a direct connection to God, however people define God, then I'm okay, and I can attach to that and have and through grace, um, I can show up super imperfectly, but still in um, the spirit of love. So for me, it's just been this evolution of finding that happy balance but I forgot your question because it took me down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I love that. Well, the I, sensory, oh, the senses. Yeah. yeah, so the senses help us feel spirit. They help us feel God. They, they bring us back into our bodies. Sometimes we just disassociate and we reject our bodies. We reject ourselves. We go into self-loathing, We go into self-doubt. And when, if we want to stay grounded and connected and in the present, which is where all our power is, use our senses as portals to help us do that.
0: So one of the things that I experienced when I was working in community mental health, I got into that job because I had spent years working as a camp counselor with New York City foster kids. And I felt like I wow. loved I, I, I loved people and I wanted them to thrive. And I saw so many not thriving and hating their life for decades and really not living up to their true potential. Um And so I got my first job and I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is not what I expected. <laughs> um, You know, overworked, underpaid, so much stress, like so much heaviness. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like a zombie. I remember living for the weekends, going through the motions of my day to day life, but not actually feeling like I was all there.
1: Yeah. So totally. t-
0: tell me a bit about this like senses really being, helping you to ground and how that's the opposite of being a zombie.
1: Yeah. So kind of paralleling that maybe with some of the medications that a person could take, those they actually numb your cell receptor sites and damage them. So that to me is a, the biggest danger of the side effects of some of the medications. But even if you're not, even like you said, if you're just feeling like a drone and you're just showing up in your life and it's not meaningful to you, um time to change courses right it's time to do something different that lights you up and makes you feel passionate but all of our senses have a physical and a spiritual pathway so the sense of sight is what you're physically looking at but if you are blind how do you see right the spiritual pathway is your mind's eye it's what you envision it's what you hold as a vision and that's huge for entrepreneurs it's huge for parenting it's huge for every aspect of your life if you can't hold a vision. I think there's a scripture that says where there is no vision, the people perish. Um, So there's that. And then smell is another pathway. It's something I've niched into is the power of smell and touch as portals for self-anointing, ritualistic self-care, not ritual as in like witchcrafty stuff, but ritual as in devotional self-care, setting aside time to actually take care of yourself in a very focused, proactive way. So, I'm a huge essential oils and aromatherapy fan for that purpose because you have smell receptors on your heart, you have smell receptors in your gut, and you have massive uh, access to the limbic structures in your brain through smell. So, and also touch. So, um, just grounding into your body by, you know, getting a massage or even just holding, there's different holds that you can do for trauma release just to kind of hug yourself. Um, you can go out in nature and put your feet in the, in the earth, just anything that you can do to make contact with what's real, because we're in front of screens, like we're in artificial light, you know, like there's so, we don't often get outside and connect to the earth, to mother nature. So all of the senses, again, they have a, a physical aspect to them and a spiritual. So like the spiritual aspect of taste is speaking. So, speaking out, declaring in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. I have no idea why I'm quote, quoting all this biblical stuff, but the power of word to create, the power to actually speak life and to have dominion over your life domain through speaking. And that's why I'm a huge, we could talk about the giveaway of the cards now because... <laughs> Tell I don't yeah, know if people are so listening to... about this. this is... yeah. So I'm giving away a set of 25 soul declaration cards to the first three people listening who email you their address, and it's just a fun multisensory like um, pairing of your senses with declaring. So one side is affirmations and one side is affirmations, which is a way to trick your subconscious and ask a question as if it's already happened. So I'm giving that away for the first three of you who who email uh, Denise and give you her address, your address.
0: Yay. Go to the show notes, you guys, and you'll see uh, my email address and email me and let us know that you want these cards sent to you. Um, what a blessing. And so on one side, it's an affirmation that you speak life over yourself. And tell me the second side. Yeah.
1: So affirmations is your forming. Forming. Uh-huh. Yeah, because a lot of times you'll read an affirmation and you're like, that's BS. I am not a divine love and light, whatever. And so you need to trick your subconscious. So for instance, this one um, I just pulled is, I create my destiny. Well, that's an affirmation. And then your your subconscious is going, no, I don't, I don't create my destiny. So the flip side of that is, why do I feel so empowered to take charge of my reality and create the life of my dreams? So your, your voice is the most convincing to your subconscious of any other voice. So your reticular activating system in your brain as you speak out, it believes it. It doesn't matter what it is. But with the affirmation, you're kind of sealing it in as a trickery to why is it so easy to do this? And why is it so effortless to do this? And why does this come to me so easily? Right. So when you read that question, I immediately started thinking of an answer.
0: Mm. I started thinking, oh, well, I create the life I desert, desire because of, you know, and I think that's a cool part of saying an affirmation in a question form is because your body will seek to answer that question and that just really your logic brain yeah your
1: logic brain yeah Yeah. but your heart is intuiting a different response i love it that's really cool
0: well thank you for shipping those out to three of our listeners uh you guys the sensory self-nourishment is just another i love the way that you're able to say that it's physical and spiritual and and because Mm -hmm. sometimes we we disconnect um or we don't think that it's connect. You know, we, we think that we're just here and then our spirit is our spirit and we don't quite understand how they are all connected. And you said spiritual, mental, and emotional. emotional. So tell me a little bit about how all three of those combine are powerful.
1: Yeah. So they're all kind of married. They're all connected. When you don't feel well physically, you don't feel well emotionally and mentally uh or spiritually. Like if you feel... Sp- like you're gonna like if you feel like if you have the flu really 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 bad you're gonna disconnect from everything just to get better so it's almost a survival right and then if you're feeling off spiritually I know everyone has different spiritual beliefs and but spiritual, all spirituality really is is connecting into your own divine soul so when you're disconnected from your own divine soul you experience a spiritual disconnection which means you're gonna feel a little physically off and your emotions are gonna be all over the map. So we see this kind of triangular (laughs) and socially is part of that. But if you want to really be strong in your relationships and be a feminine power magnet and a strong leader and a great mother and all of these things, but you're not addressing that triangle, there's no way that you can show up socially in the way that you desire or the way that people can experience you more fully until these um, things are addressed. So I say always start with physical. I know that that might seem a little off to some people but you have a human body and if you just always are about I'm so spiritual I'm amazing but you don't nourish your actual cells tissue body breath etc there's no way you're going to have the energy to do the spiritual practices so they both feed on each other but i always say take care of your physical body first thing in the morning and all through the day and last thing at night and when you do that you feel more alive your energy is more enhanced Your frequency and vibration is buzzing when you are taking care of your physical body.
0: Why do you think so many strong women who identify themselves as competent, but um, underneath feel lost, empty, or disconnected?
1: Yeah, It's, uh, it's because they've lost their own power and their own ability to connect within. I call it the queendom, the inner queendom And uh, it's just about resting back into yourself and really coming to rest and listening, deep listening. Breath is a big part of that. But strong women feel disconnected because we're so out doing all so many things outside of us, like running our business, helping our kids, serving our community, serving in church, volunteering at the school. Like We're not even if we're not doing any of those things, our first go-to, this is where men and women are different. Men do it. They, like if they have a need, they'll just go fill it. And they don't even think twice about what's happening over here. Women outsource. We outsource our inner authority. We outsource our power. We outsource our worth. And we outsource our energy by taking care of everything around us. And that's so depletion. That, that depletes us at the soul level, not just the physical level. So strong women do that. And um, weak women do that. Every woman does that. But when you're a go-getter and achiever and you're an entrepreneur and all these things and, and you're checking all the boxes, but you feel like crap. And when you lay down at night, you don't like yourself and you're tossing and turning with anxiety and what ifs. And um, it's because there's a very abrupt breach in your divine connection to your own soul. So fostering all those physical things, but also noticing and nourishing yourself and noticing how you feel in your body. That's huge. So how would somebody
0: reconnect in a way that allows them to feel um, inspired and, you know, really, truly confident in their own skin again?
1: Yeah. Um, so it comes back to the senses. It comes back to grounding into, you know, what are you looking at? What are you focusing on? What are you smelling? What can you smell? How can you anchor yourself with your senses? How can you ground into the earth? So those things bring us back into who we actually are. And for women who are entrepreneurs or they're venturing onto the entrepreneurial path, um, it's really intense at first to try to balance everything. And so your first and most sacred obligation is to your own... Um, your own body and your own spirit. And then from there, you become this beautiful, uh, your presence is magnified. And then people want, you're literally attractive at the energetic level to people. And uh, it's not necessarily what you're saying. It's how you move and your way of being that will attract people to want to hitch to your wagon, so to speak. I love that. I I, say,
0: I often say it be before you do. You know, mm-hmm. if we get up and we just do, 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 and I can give you all the scripts and you can take all this action, but if you haven't, if we don't be before we do, then the action is sometimes fruitless. But right. if we have that connection, if we have that quiet time in the morning, if we've journaled, if we've gone for a walk, if we've um, done some of those things that keep us connected on a daily basis, that same action will have a much greater reward because of the connectivity mm-hmm. while you're doing it.
1: Absolutely. And there's this word I love, sensual. Not everyone thinks this about sexuality. It's not. It's living in your senses. And if you are a sensual person, that means you're open, you're, you love your life, you feel good in your skin, you're enjoying yourself, you're enjoying life, So it's about taking in through your senses, taking life in and that kind of sensual way of being is part of that feminine magnetism that draws people into us. It's like, why would people want to follow you if you're like super depressed and negative and you feel crappy? And I mean, we all go through those phases anyway, as humans, but I'm just saying... Just be like you said. It's the being, not the doing, um, that makes you, you want to. Makes people want to. Like, what does she have? What is it about her? What, yeah, what, what's what her he secret? You mean, what are you doing? <laughs> what are your secrets? You know?
0: Yeah for sure. And you, you are a mom and you've raised and are raising six kids and now grandchildren are added to the family. And, um, and you've also have a lot of different passions. You've built businesses and you've expanded and learned and and grown. So tell me a little bit about how a mom who's like, I love being a mom, but I also have these other interests and these passions that I want to pursue. Right.
1: Well, uh, to be honest, it, it started when I started having children and I noticed I was going into that family pattern of depression and which is typical of mothers in my family lines. And I'm like, wait, no, no. And I had the psychology training already, but when you're, when you're so close to it, you don't really, and, and it wasn't my traditional training that would have helped me anyway. But um, I just got really feisty. <laughs> I got feisty for myself. And I was like, you no, know I'm, I want to this because in my religion of origin, which I'm exiting out of Mormonism, um, you have a lot of kids, you stay home with them, you devote your whole life and you burn yourself out in service. I mean, that's the, cult, the dark side of the culture. And every culture has a dark side. It's not just Mormonism. But, but what I internalized is the more kids I had, the more I served and the more spiritual I would be and more God would love me and everyone would accept me and I'm headed straight to exaltation, right? But... Actually, for me, the feistiness came in with listening to my own soul, not my authorities, not my peers, not my fellow moms, not my family even. Or, and my husband is amazing and we have a very strong marriage. But even him, as much as he loves me, I had to go within and get my own knowing. And when I claimed that, it all changed it all changed because God was speaking directly to me. I didn't have to go through a person or a program or an organization or a community. It was like, nope, this is for you. This is what you should do. <laughs> so I got feisty and I just brought my kids along for the ride. Um, my kids were raised with seeing a mom in business and traveling all over the world. And we've lived throughout the world. My kids have done humanitarian service throughout the world, and at least the older ones have. And so that feisty inner goddess of like, hey, I'm doing this, okay, this is me this is how I want to roll. And I love business. I love the concept of a woman having wealth. And again, that was something I had to bust through because I was raised in poverty and I had people around me me in my community telling me that it wasn't spiritually centered to have that kind of a mentality.
0: And you became um, a teacher of this divine feminine helping moms really tap into that intuition, trust it, and then take action with the full knowing, which means they're kind of radiating out to others. And I often say that's when the how starts to show up, you know, you might not have it all figured out. But because of that confident knowing when you do take the action, you're like, the next step typically comes. So right. what is the program or, um, or thing you're working on now that you are the most excited about?
1: Well, I have a Stan Speak Shine school that I run every January. But right now I've just launched this feminine boss school <laughs> and it's only $97. And it's just a 12 week like deep dive into balancing your entrepreneurial and passions and finding your soul path and balancing it with all the roles, particularly motherhood. And staying spiritually aligned and listening to the call of your heart. So even though it's called feminine boss school, it is very the feminine way of doing business. It's uh it's very much coming from my experience of what I've walked through and, and my learning curve of raising children and ha- running an international business, but also just my walk as a woman and what I have found to feel fill me up and fuel me in, in this path. So feminine you can just go to feminbossschool.com and Check that out. I mean I love it. It's just I I could talk about that for hours and hours and hours and like lose track of time. It's just, I know there's so many women right now who are feeling that call to just show up and do have an impact in the world, be an influencer in their own way. They're having trouble mapping out what that looks like for them. And they're afraid that they're, all their other roles and responsibilities are gonna be compromised. Um, when in fact the opposite is true. When you show up as you. And you say yes to your soul path, everyone around you is edified. It gets messy at first, you know this Denise, you run a business, you know things go out of whack. But it's only for a season. it's like creation's messy it's always messy. you know um, so yeah, I, I just love that there's so many women waking up to that right now, and when I started as an entrepreneur you know 15, twenty years ago, it was like not as socially accepted or known, or like I had to bust through a lot of um, barriers to get to that space. Now there are masses and masses of women who we need, we need more entrepreneurial women.
0: Well, and it's true. I think a lot of times we think we have to choose. I'm either going to be a great mom or um, great in my business. And we don't feel like we truly can have both. So I love that you've created a program that speaks to both as being important and honored and you know, a priority and you really can thrive in all yeah. areas of your life. We um, you might just need some support and learn a few new skills and, and be sure that we have that space to stay
1: centered and connected as we yeah. do it. It's, you can have it all. It's just some things have to go to the wayside and you have to prioritize. And we're just in that season of abundance right now. It looks like everything's coming down, which it is our world it's making space for something new and women are a huge part of that. I love it. I love it.
0: So what would you say to somebody who feels um, stuck? Maybe they I would say that they're in zombie w- mode <laughs> or, they're, or they're, you know, they're not in their body. They're kind of going through the motions. Like right. like you said, you're, they're kind of um, droning out and, and they're feeling stuck, or maybe they've had some trauma like you have had in their past and they've got Um, they've got healing that needs to be done. What would you say to somebody who's feeling like that right now?
1: Well, I would say come back home, come back to the castle, the the queendom within. Um, I'm going biblical again, but even Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you, the kingdom of God is within you, doesn't come by observation, doesn't come out here, it's in here. So, finding that inner queendom or kingdom for you through breath, through Self nurturing through play, through mother nature. Um, I love yoga. I'm not super consistent with it. My daughter and I did a 200 hour teacher, yoga teacher training. We it just blew our minds. Uh, these this yogic science of being in your body, and so anything that you can do to get embodied and not check out is going to increase your feminine power exponentially. So when I hear women kind of zoning out, you know, there's a vacancy sometimes that you can see on someone's countenance and in their eyes. And it's so sad to me because I've been there. And, and really, it's you flip the light switch on in her mind and body when you give her permission to follow her heart, not what is being dictated to her, not what she is being told. That vacancy will go away. Mm. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience today. I love that you have taken your traumas, you've healed yourself, and now you're continuing to offer that to the world around you. Because so many of us, especially this year, we're kind of going through a collective trauma right now. And this year has impacted us all differently, yet we're all impacted and so I often say when you go through a collective trauma we get to go through a collective healing and you Mm -hmm. have a free healing kit that we can send out to anybody who goes to stand speak speaks shine.com that link will be in the show notes below Uh, and it says here to learn how to land in your body heal your emotions and develop actual self-love using all of your senses so if you guys want to deep dive into more of this, check out the free healing kit at standspeakshine.com.
1: So thank you so much. Thank you, Denise. This was lovely. Thank you